It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. The Bengals play football again tomorrow if you're listening to the episode on Wednesday, or today if you're listening to the game today on Thursday. Is that confusing enough for you? Go find the podcast on the Himalaya Podcast app, on Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or on Spotify. We'll be there five days a week, including, hopefully, tomorrow with a game recap. Today, however, we're brought to you in part by Abco Safety, who returns as a local sponsor. We'll tell you more about them right before one of our ad breaks. And today we've got for you a preview show. The Bengals are playing football tomorrow, and we want to talk about what we're going to watch. And what we want to watch, not just what we're going to see. What do we want to see? After week one, I think now we have expectations, right? Uh I definitely want to see a second, maybe third drive from the offense. I'd like to see the defense hold somebody, maybe once, maybe twice. I'd like to see no fumbled punts. That'd be great, too. Yeah, the the fumbled punts especially, because that will help with the whole defense not holding anybody issue a little bit, I think. Yeah, for sure, obviously. And I hope Darius Phillips gets another shot at returning a punt. We'll be more organized in this for the rest of the show. I think Darius Phillips will get a chance to return some punts because he's still doing it in practice, and he hasn't dropped any. He's caught six out of six at one point in practice this week, so he's done dropping punts, and he played really well on defense, so let's get him another shot in the punt return game. Let's start out with who's playing and who's not playing. This is something that Zach Taylor has been pretty transparent with, especially as compared with Marvin Lewis and what we're used to in Cincinnati for the last, I don't know, Decade and a half. Uh, Taylor said Joe Mixon and Giovanni Bernard will be available. It's not clear how much they'll play. If they play the whole first quarter, maybe they'll both get a couple of drives or a drive and a half each or something like that. Rookie running back Rodney Anderson still is not ready to play, but they're expecting him to play in the third preseason game, which is the preseason home opener against the Giants. And the last notes are that Tyler Eifert and Geno Atkins are TBD and Carl Lawson, who... While he looks great in camp and he's been a full participant in practices in camp, is still not going to play in this preseason game. And the fact that Carl Lawson, we've talked about this, is getting similar treatment to Geno Atkins in terms of protection and Tyler Reifert in terms of protection speaks to maybe how good he could be this year. And he's had a bunch of past injuries, not so much with the Bengals, but through his career at Auburn and even leading up to the draft, one of the reasons why he did fall to the fourth round. So I think they're aware of it and and taking it easy. But I do agree that they see him as a valuable potential cornerstone player and they need to get him ready for week one. 
A couple other pieces of news that we haven't talked about yet are Kent Perkins retired. So that's one less tackle on the roster, I guess. It doesn't really matter all that much, but it is a thing that happened. I wish Kent Perkins all the best. It is always a little bit surprising when a young man like that, he's in what, his second or third year, Mm -hmm. retires. But uh, I wonder if they get to the point of, I don't know if I can do this. You know, if it's kind not of what it seems fun, like. if you're not playing well, if the competition and stress is just extremely high, yeah, I, I can kind of understand it. I agree 100%. The flip side of that move is that they had a free roster spot on the 90-man roster that they get to carry for the next two and a half weeks, and they signed Dari Odeyingbo, a defensive tackle from the Buccaneers who was an undrafted free agent from Vanderbilt. John Sheeran tweeted some interesting numbers on him from our friend John Sheeran, who does the metric-based draft evaluation. His tackle share, his tackle for loss market share, and his sack market share all all eclipsed high-quality starter thresholds, and he also tested with really good flexibility and athleticism drills. So there is an upside there, potentially, but he was waived as an undrafted free agent from a not great team, I would say, in the Buccaneers. And it's probably just a camp body. They do have a couple injuries at the defensive tackle position. Yeah, one being Christian Ringo, who couldn't finish the game last week. Andrew Brown had to slide inside and play more defensive tackle than maybe the Bengals were projecting originally. But uh, it worked in Brown's favor as he continued to play well at both spots and Andy tackle. Yeah, let's talk about that competition a little bit here before we get into this particular game preview, although I will say it's going to be interesting to see where they play Andrew Brown this week. Mm. The defensive line room is getting very crowded. Geno Atkins, Andrew Billings, Ryan Glasgow, and probably Andrew Brown are the top four right now. Yeah, you hope Renault Wren, because of the investment they put into him, makes the squad, but you have that back pocket where you can have that those final seven or so guys that are inactive, and maybe Ren's one of those guys you want to keep because of the investment, but he's inactive. But I would agree, especially if uh, Brown continues to do what he did in week one. And I, I've said it before, he, I, I was a big fan of his coming out, and uh, I do believe he co- can play like this at a more consistent basis. The thing is, though, is if they, even if they keep five, that means Christian Ringo and Josh Tupo aren't making the team. And both of those guys are probably ahead of Rennell Wren right now. So it's hard to see, yes, he was a fourth-round pick. It's hard for me to see a way Rennell Wren actually makes a team. Yeah, I can see that. But I think at the same time, most days you're having three active D-tackles. Some days you'll go to four. If you're going to play the Ravens, that you feel like they're going to run a lot, then you dip into that fourth guy. So... The fact that Andrew Brown can double as a defensive end, maybe he is your fifth defensive end and your fifth defensive tackle, so that allows you to have, uh, you know, a, a deep rotation there where Wren is never really making an impact or getting on the team. Really, the trade-off to me there is he replaces Josh Tupo, which that's okay for me. Christian Ringo is a different type of player, so the battle there may be Andrew Brown versus Christian Ringo. But even even if that's a battle, where is the space for all these guys? It means you're not keeping Jeff Driscoll, probably, because you can't sure. afford to carry a third quarterback if you're going to carry an extra defensive tackle. Andrew Brown makes a lot of sense to me because he can line up at multiple positions and do a few things for you. And then there's the question of, okay, if you're keeping Andrew Brown, well, then what are we doing at defensive end? Because you got Dunlap, Hubbard, Lawson, for sure. 
Mm-hmm. And then how many guys are you keeping? Are you keeping Wynn and Andrew Brown as kind of your ninth defensive lineman at both positions? Unless yeah, sure, that's possible. Then you maybe even go even lighter at D-tackle if you do that. But it could be Willis and Brown if Willis, Wynn doesn't yeah. make it. Right. So you know, can typically keep nine, and the Bengals have in the past ten if they go light somewhere else, whether that be linebacker. Uh, and especially if they feel Hubbard and Lawson can maybe get in there a little bit and play some Sam if they need to. Uh, so yeah, maybe you go light at linebacker and you keep 10 defensive linemen and that's five DNs, five defensive tackles with that final DN serving as also a D tackle. You could go nine then in that case, four true D tackles, five defensive ends. And maybe that's the way Rennell Wren sticks on the roster is an inactive when Andrew Brown is going to cut, but then like you have Glasgow kind of playing both spots, right? Because you have no backup nose tackle. You have Glasgow to be your backup nose tackle. Sure. So if you're going against a team that's going to spread it out and throw it, you're okay with that. You don't need one nose tackle, right? And Glasgow can dip in there if he needs to. If you're going against the Ravens and you want both guys, that's when Rennell Wren gets his 15 snaps maybe in in a game. And that's only a couple times, maybe towards the end of the year. And then I really question if Rennell Wren is the right player to keep. So I think the question is, which guy is more likely to be claimed if you try to wave them to the practice squad between Rennell Wren and Josh Tupo? And there is... As Joe has mentioned, a high investment in Rennell Wren as a fourth-round pick, and you, you have a hard time seeing the Bengals exposing him to waivers. That's that's a real inverse of the, the merit-based argument that he's not ready to really be on your 53. Right. It's like if I drafted a fourth-round quarterback, tight end, or defensive tackle, especially nose tackle, I would not— wave those guys no matter what in that first year because I'm not expecting those guys to come in and hit the ground running. Uh, you should, as that investment hits, as soon as you make that pick, you should say he's going to be one of my inactives more than likely. And I guess the injuries have made this a little bit murky where they're going to have to keep maybe an extra wide receiver to make up for A.J. Green's absence. Yeah. It, it'll be interesting. There are some pretty cool position battles, I'd say, happening at depth at corner, at defensive line at wide receiver there's a lot of positions to watch let's take our first break let's talk a little bit about our returning sponsor abco safety they've got the same deal on as they had last time go check them out at www.abcosafety.com and check out their check out what they offer they've got a wide array of safety goods they'll help you plan your safety program Keep in mind when you look at that website that those are retail prices. And if you become a customer with Abco, they will establish a corporate pricing rate with you. And they are confident that they will be able to save you money. This is a returning sponsor to the podcast. So go show them some love. Joe, how can they get to them? You want to give them a call at 513-672-1818. And you make sure you mention the Lockdown Bengals. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Bengals Podcast, segment two here with Jake and Joe. We're going to talk about the offensive side. What do we want to see? What would we like to see? What do we expect to see when the Bengals have the ball? Jake, first thing for me is if either of the two starting running backs are playing, I know Zach Taylor said they're available, but they've also, a lot of beat writers have mentioned how Mixon hasn't 
really had a heavy workload in camp. And it sounds like it's an effort to save him. I, I, we, I think we're all very sure that he's going to get the load once the season starts. But maybe that's in this game. Maybe they really bring him out in the next game. Or maybe they just go out there and give him out one carrier or two and get him out of there. I'd like to see the backs and try to evaluate this offensive line with the starters out there. It was kind of hard last week. Even though the line didn't look great run blocking, I don't think Travion Williams, uh, obviously he's not the talent of the, of the top two guys, but having those two in there will give us a fair evaluation of what we can expect. Yeah, I think it would be better to see Mixon with the first team, whatever the first team offensive line is. I think that's a segue into the point we're going to talk about next, which is what's that offensive line going to be. But I think that you're right. They're probably saving Mixon. Zach Taylor comes from a team where they saw their running back develop potentially chronic knee injuries, knee issues, as a result of a heavy workload out there. So I think Zach Taylor's cognizant of that and is going to want to save Joe Mixon and keep him healthy for the whole year. That being said, it'll be very interesting to see, I think, who's starting on the offensive line. Billy Price was taking reps with the second team behind Trey Hopkins. Mike Jordan was out there with the first team. Even John Jerry was getting looks at left tackle there after Cordy Glenn had a potential minor injury. And we'll have to see if Cordy Glenn is going to play or if they're going to give him some rest and see if he can get fully healthy. We have heard nothing about the extent of what happened to him in that last training camp practice. Yeah, and it'll be pretty amazing if they do roll out there with Michael Jordan and Trey Hopkins at left and center because, you know, they just don't have the pedigree of the guys they, they obviously drafted at center. And then the competition with John Jerry at left guard. It's it not like Hopkins was in position to battle for that left guard starting position. And then as, I don't want to say demoted, Price was moved to the second team this week. Obviously, Hopkins is going with the starters at center. So is he out of the competition at left guard? Is it really down to John Jerry and Michael Jordan as we're in week two of preseason? Uh, I I guess it could be. And, and looking at it that way, uh, it would just be, man, a big opportunity for those two to really hammer a home for a new coaching staff that they're the best two for the job. Yeah, not what we expected, right? I don't think any of us thought, oh, yeah, it's going to come down to Mike Jordan versus John Jerry when this right. all started. We were hoping for Christian Westerman and Trey Hopkins at left guard, right? Yeah, that would be an interesting little battle. But now the center battle, is it a battle or is it is Billy Price hurt? It sounded like Zach Taylor kind of, he was yeah. asked, is he hurt? Is he Behind, he said a little bit of both. So maybe he's dealing with something. Yeah, so it would be a much different pace. And I'd like to see Billy Price go against some number twos if that's the case. Maybe we get his confidence going back again. Maybe, you know, he can get out there and win some blocks, maybe maul someone and and get his juices flowing. So, yeah, I'd like to see that. At all, all in all, with the running game and the offensive line mixed together, that's going to be a key part of this offense, I would say. Uh, last week's offense didn't really resemble what I would say we expected as a Ram-style offense. I think their parts were there. I'd like to see, again, another shift or a, a turn it up a little bit towards looking like that Rams off offense if that's the direction they're going. And uh, I, I think finally on the offense, one more point, I guess, is that that receiver competition, because Green and Ross are still going to be out can Auden Tate make another play? Can Josh Malone make another play? He was open for a deep touchdown. I, I, that's in my head cannon that he scored a long touchdown versus the Chiefs. Uh, and so the, I'd really like to see those two guys continue to get reps with the number ones. I, I feel Malone will, but is core yet to be surpassed by Auden Tate? 
I feel like he has been. My personal feeling on the matter, and this might not be the same as the coaches, but right now the five wide receivers, or maybe a full six wide receivers that I have on the team right now are A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, John Ross, Alex Erickson, Josh Malone, and Auden Tate. That's less yeah. six. I could get behind that, yeah. And then if they keep a seventh, because maybe they have to, maybe they feel like they have to keep a seventh for special teams reasons or because A.J. Green is hurt right now, mm. then it's, Core versus Willis versus Stanley Morgan. And which of those guys is going to step up? And it's hard because part of it is how much opportunity are they going to get? We talked about this a little bit in the Willis versus Morgan discussion where Morgan got the targets, Damian Willis. You know, maybe maybe he wasn't getting open or maybe that's just not where the plays took the quarterbacks because when sure, you have so few snaps. Exactly. Yep. I was going to say, sometimes the defense just says, hey, you're going to the right here, and Willis is on the left. So, yeah. you know, it's not up to him. I think week four will be the key to, do you keep two or both those guys on the practice squad? Can you get one on the roster? And that'll be their chance to uh, separate themselves. Well, the Bengals have the ball, and Washington's on defense. I want to see if Montez Sweat plays. I saw that a week ago he was missing practice with a calf injury. It doesn't look like he played in week one of preseason. I don't think Jonathan Allen played for them in the week one of the preseason either. But seeing those two, that's a real test potentially for your offensive tackles in particular. So I would be very intrigued in watching that matchup. For those wide receivers trying to make the team, they'll have a chance to go up against Josh Norman at corner for the Washington Football Club and Fabian Mar- Fabian Moreau, in addition to Dominic Rogers-Cromartie, who I think is playing the slot for them. But a guy that we liked in the draft was a seventh-round pick for Washington who's getting some real run, and that's Jimmy Moreland. Jimmy Moreland's got some ball skills, man. He was one of the guys we kept drafting in the late rounds whenever we could uh, when we got to that point when we were doing our mock draft Mondays. So, yeah, I'm excited to see that. One guy you didn't mention, too, as an edge guy is uh, Ryan Kerrigan, obviously. One of the most perpetually underrated players yeah. in the NFL. And that's what kicks Allen inside in their nickel package and, you know, can give those guys trouble. So, I didn't think Michael Jordan was great in pass protection last week. So, if Allen can get inside and go against him a little bit, that should be a good test. They've also got Ryan Anderson at an outside rush linebacker position. I don't yep. know if that's very noteworthy, but that's the starter who's currently listed ahead of Montez Sweat. Yeah, for now, he's a veteran. Alabama, he's a, one of those uh, veteran leader type guys, even though he's, it's like year three or four for him. But uh, yeah, he'll play. As far as the quarterbacks go, I think we're hoping to see Andy Dalton not miss a deep throw again if somebody's as open as he was because that was painful to watch. But I'll be interested to see if the offense looks much the same as last week or if they start to work in a few more of those wrinkles. We'll see what kind of offense they're running. But the quarterback really only gets interesting when it's Ryan Finley in there throwing to Jeff Driscoll as a wide receiver. Yeah, you're right. That could happen and, and, and may happen. That'd be fun, actually. Uh, I want to see a double reverse pass with those guys both on the field. Uh, maybe he can be your Mohamed Sanu, right? Remember what, remember how fun that was? You can get some, uh, uh, throw him a screen and then he chucks it downfield. Maybe maybe we can do that with Jeff Driscoll a little bit. I was going to say, uh, in terms of Andy Dalton, the way he was hooking up with Tyler Boyd week one, mm-hmm. I think the fantasy world took notice. And, and Jake, we've got a fantasy draft coming up here in about an hour and a half. But uh, I think people saw that and saw the repertoire, right? We noticed it last year. Everyone, if you're a Bengals fan, you noticed it last year. But I, I think most of the world didn't recognize it, and only maybe in small parts. But instantly, week one, they look like they're on the same page again. And if Green's out, 
those guys right now are getting drafted in similar positions. I, I would see if, if another week like that, Boyd's really going to start moving up. I just I, I don't know how you defend Tyler Boyd's skill set out of the slot. He gets open. He gets like a foot of separation. You throw the ball. I mean, you you, you take it away with with the zone underneath, right? Because that's sure. where Tyler Boyd was open the whole day was on those little slants and on those little curls in the middle of the field. Yeah. And the idea there is to say, well, we're going to play uh, middle of the field close and you're going to have to throw it to Cody Core and Josh Malone on the outside, which is, if they were game planning, probably what you would do when A.J. Green's not out there. And as soon as you do that, I'm running Tyler Eifert and Tyler Boyd on wheels. Right. Or give them corner routes or something to get them out there. You know, beat that guy one-on-one after Malone's already going deep. You're yeah, running behind him. I think I think middle of the field close is a way to attack the Bengals offense right now. I think that's a good point. We'll see if Washington does any of that. That's something to keep an eye on, I think. But I think that the route combinations are there to get those sideline throws. And Dalton's good at throwing them, too. I don't know if Finley is yet, but Dalton certainly can hit that corner. And speaking of Finley, I'd like to see him throw at least one deep ball. He threw one last week and it was intercepted. Yeah, let's see if he can get any of those going against Washington. Let's take our second break. We'll come back and talk about the defensive stuff we're going to look for and hope to see against Washington tomorrow. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back with the Locked On Bengals Podcast, segment three. Let's discuss the defense, but I'm going to be honest with you, Jake. I'm kind of just as excited to watch Dwayne Haskins and the Redskins because I I watched uh, the first, you know, he had two interceptions against the Browns last week, but then I think it was Brian Baldinger put up a, a, a nice video. He, he, he's great on Twitter with this stuff, but he showed a lot of plays that Haskins made other than those and a lot of reads and going to the second, third option and moving in the pocket. And I thought, oh, he looks much better than just those highlights, obviously. So so getting the opportunity to see that, I thought, uh, okay, so maybe he couldn't can be the starter. Maybe they're going to give him more reps. And as we're in week two, he, we should see a good chunk if he's not finishing the second quarter and then coming back out in the third quarter, I'd be surprised. Yeah, it'll be very fun to watch Dwayne Haskins. The one highlight that really caught my eye is a little scramble he had, and he looked fast. Yeah, he did. And Stephen A. Smith was just screaming in the back of my head that he's a runner. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right, because, I, I mean, now that here we are, if we if we had the ability to go back in time, you, and you could tell the Bengals, hey, your first-round pick's going to be out for the year anyway. So if you're worried about drafting a quarterback and not getting any production out of your, uh, this year's pick, as they have for how many years in a row now, uh, I wonder if that would ever change any of their previous picks. I know it's more of a philosophical draft offseason type conversation. But just thinking about it now, now that we have Jonah out, and remember, I think it was Jonah and Dwayne Haskins went head-to-head in our, in our uh, mock bracket. And, man, I can't remember the voting now. I want to say Haskins won that one, but I wonder how people feel about that now. Yeah, it'd be an interesting one to pull again. Jonah Williams would probably get blown out because of his injury. Sure, right. But when the Bengals are on defense, 
I think, again, the eyes are on the linebacking unit, right? We feel mm. pretty good about the secondary. We feel pretty good about the defensive line. The defensive line continues to play well, even without Carl Lawson and Geno Atkins. If they do that again, that's a very encouraging sign. But the linebacking unit needs to show us that they are going to be better. And depending on what kind of offense we get from Jay Gruden and the Washington club, Will they be throwing a lot of stuff to Chris Thompson? Are they going to work in the wider seat or the tight end running game? Are they going to start to target Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis a lot if those guys play? And those are the sorts of matchups where if this was a regular season game, I would be concerned. And so and just I like hope the, that Washington attacks those weaknesses to see if the Bengals can do any better. Just like the Chiefs did, right? Exactly. They, they attacked those. They said, we're going to isolate your safeties and linebackers. We're going to go after them. Not so much... Vigil and Brown, I, I felt like they were – I didn't notice them. I had to rewatch and actually see that they played and did anything. It, you know, they are out after that first drive, and that was it. And they really didn't get attacked. They had a couple of, of plays where they got in against the run. It was mostly the focus of Jordan Evans, who played deep in the game, versus Jermaine Pratt, really. And, and I don't even know if they're against each other. In, in rewatch and uh, getting to talk to Jay Morrison about what he talked to Jermaine Pratt after the game, which will be included in my athletic piece this week. But Pratt was playing middle linebacker and had the radio helmet on. So he he's listed as outside linebacker backup, but he's taking number two reps as the middle linebacker. And I wonder if that gives him an edge on playing. Is that maybe in their nickel? Maybe he supplants Preston Brown. Or maybe it still is a competition for him to get in and beat out Jordan Evans. Do I need to think harder about the positions the Bengals are playing their linebackers at? No. What do you mean? Like, do I need to care what middle versus weak versus strong is in the Bengals' current scheme? We don't is that, know yet. Is that significant? No, because uh, the only thing, the, the, the difference is I think sometimes in nickel, we wonder who's playing the middle linebacker spot, and that difference there is just who's running down the middle of the field versus who's covering the flats and hooks and right. curls and stuff and could potentially cover a running back or tight end. Uh, in the past, like when Burfick's been an outside linebacker, when they go in nickel, he's playing middle and he's covering the middle of the field. So it's just a different responsibility in terms of coverage. And who's playing that middle for the Bengals right now in nickel? That's Preston Brown? It is Preston Brown. That's an interesting choice. Yeah, so you want to see if any any receivers or tight ends or backs are running down the seam in the middle is when you'll get your opportunity most likely to uh, see if Brown can run with those guys downfield and, and not get beat, especially versus cover two, or come up and be able to wrap up and close the gap quickly on a check down to a running back over the middle, which I think Jermaine Pratt, definitely the way he moves in space, would be good at that. So what else are we looking at for the Bengals on defense? I think for everyone, the focus is going to be on the linebacking unit. Are there other matchups that are really intriguing? The The Washington offense doesn't look that scary on paper. The best player appears to be Brandon Scherf, the right guard. Yeah, and I was going to say Chris Thompson is probably the best weapon, right? And then yeah, Darius, Darius Goose? Juice? Geis. Yeah, Geis? Geis, is Geis playing yet? I don't know. Uh, he, he, it's been 12 months since his ACL su- uh, surgery. I, the Redskins, here's a uh, follow Evan Silva of Roto World. Uh, he's actually not with Roto World anymore. I should learn what his new website is. But follow Evan Silva, and he's been chronicling Washington's really ineptest ineptitude yeah. of, of being a franchise and really probably only outranking the Raiders, Browns, Bengals, you know, the, the, the traditional teams that, that casual fans will call out as being uh, the worst franchises in the league. But 
if you look over the last year, Darius Geis and, and Colt McCoy, Alex Smith, these guys have had serious injuries and then had to go back for multiple surgeries afterwards mm-hmm. and are being rushed back on the field, are not getting healthy. Something's going on there. And it's so I, we won't see Geis again. But uh, yeah, the the so it's Chris Thompson. And I think maybe, you know, maybe we can see Josh Doxson, Terry McLaurin, and Jordan Reed at receiver. Yeah. So for the receivers, the guys I'm watching for on Washington that are going to be interesting, Terry McLaurin is their third-round pick. It'll be interesting to see if any of that Ohio State game translates to the NFL. And Kelvin Harmon was a guy that I think we at least targeted late on some of those mock draft Mondays as a potential depth receiver kind of target where we thought the Bengals needed a receiver. But the Washington team drafted him late, and I think that he's shown some promise. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I like Terry McLaurin, so it'll be interesting there to see, because for the first time this year, we didn't get to see him last week, even though it, it seemed to be a game-time decision, but William Jackson will be out on the field for the Bengals on defense. Uh, you constantly hear that he's getting beat in practice, but, you know, I think everyone still feels really confident about him. I'd like to see him go, get out there and maybe make a play. Generally speaking, I think the Washington quarterback competition is fairly interesting. They've got... Case Keenum, who's been decent in his NFL career against Dwayne Haskins. And if they split the game, well, at least we'll get to watch Dwayne Haskins for three quarters or a half or something. Right, and put pressure on that second and third team units that the Bengals have because, uh, you know, as most preseason games go, as the third string tackles and third string quarterbacks get in, the games get really weird and a lot of errant throws, bad balls, pass rush takes over. You don't get to see those secondary guys get a lot of plays. Uh, so, yeah, that'd be nice if, if Haskins is, is taking a lot of these reps uh, deep into the game. Then it, not only is it fun to watch and for evaluation purposes, but to help your team evaluate themselves. So we'll hope for more of the same kind of dominant performances, some some flashes from Sam Hubbard in the first unit. But I think we know what we're getting with the defensive line right now. You just want to see that continue. And outside of that, you're looking for those linebackers and those young guys to separate themselves. And I think that's about it. And health. Don't forget health. Health. Health is a big one. Let's get out of the game healthy. Always. Goal number one of the preseason. That will do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Tonight, we've got a fantasy draft to attend to. Until tomorrow, Bengals fans, and after the game, have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.